0: You know, other hosts would probably start the show by talking about what their teams did last night. Not me, Josh Helmer, no. I'm still on an OU Texas high. And even though the Dodgers stink and the Raiders may be good, I've gotten my eyes, too, on the hoops season. And uh, I reached out to our buddy Josh Petit last week, and I said, "Patizi, we have got to get Jenny Baranchek on the show. And he said, she's very busy, Plank. She probably doesn't want to talk to you. And I was like, Patizzi, I'll do whatever it takes to get Ginny B on the show. So here she is, the head women's basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma. Ginny Baranchek joins us to kick off a Tuesday. What's going on, Coach? How's it rolling?
1: You know, I'm so mad about the Packer game last night. You called it the Raider game. Packers, they had a chance to win that game. You should be mad. So you, no
0: you had no business losing that game. Now, I admit, you I'm know. a diehard cut me. I bleed silver and black, but... When they win, I get mad at them now. So, it's like, how did you even
1: win? You are a true fan. Perfect. Exactly. I've learned, I've learned that that means a true fan when you come to Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> I'm mad with the way that they won the game. I was hoping you'd exactly. score that that touchdown at the end. It just put me out of my misery. You mean instead of throw it to you? Right, exactly. Just throw the <laughs> okay. touchdown. Put me out of my misery. Hey, how's practices going so far? How's it rolling for you getting ready for 23-24?
1: You know what? It's been so fun. It really has, and we have a lot of work to do, but we have such a good group, and it's been really fun trying to just watch the leadership come, watch the team start to gel together, and you know, obviously we graduated so much a year ago, and had so much to celebrate in terms of coming off of a conference championship, but uh, you know, this team has been really driven and really motivated, and so it's been, it's just honestly, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Is it weird at times for you to look out there and not see Maddie, Taylor and Anna with how in your first two seasons they have been such an integral part.
1: You know, honestly, I I love them and miss them and still keep in touch with them, especially they're continuing to play. Um, but it's it is it's different because I feel like there's so many other things that my mind is consumed <laughs> with right now. So it's not what we don't have, it's It's constantly, I feel like, and I said this, I I probably say this every single year, but I really do feel this way. I feel like every team that, you know, that I get the privilege to coach, I feel like I coach them harder and harder and harder. And you just have this, this standard that you want just them to be able to see in themselves. And I think that's my favorite thing about coaching is seeing what young people, what they can't see in themselves. Uh, but I feel like your mind is just constantly consumed at okay, what's the most important thing right now? Because there's so many things, right? Especially this time of year, that you're like, okay, we got to get better at this. We got to get better at this, 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 and and yet really trying to hone in on what the most important thing is. And the most important thing is is this team and continuing to get better.
0: Pigeonhole focus, I love it. Um, there's going to be a lot of new faces, but there will be some familiar faces. Uh, that, and I, that, that's probably an, a really awkward way to say it, but you do bring back some talent and you do bring back some players that have like learned your way. And one of those is Skylar van. And I've really been impressed with watching her maturation. And now, you know, here's a player who is on the preseason, all big 12 list. Here's a player that had, you know, basically win the sixth person of the year, what have you seen growth wise and how have you seen Skylar van embrace a new challenge?
1: You know, I don't know if I really fully understood her entire recruiting process until late, you know, um, because she signed late. So she didn't have Division One offers in the early signing period. So when that wow. happens, they're never a preseason All-Big 12. And look at what she's been able to do. So... I love that Skylar has just worked. I mean, she has literally just worked her way off, you know, in practice, out of practice, on her own in a gym, outside, you know, just working on the mental part of her game, working on, you know, her body. I think, you know, you just watch her. We got to watch growth because they've only been here for two years. I didn't go through that whole recruiting process with her. So in those two years, you watched her kind of just play and kind of surprised some people. And then, oh, whoops, she's sixth player of the year in the Big 12 Conference, you know, getting honorable mention all conference. And then the next year you saw her kind of go through, okay, I've got to do this, and I need my team to need this. And, you know, the quote-unquote pressure was on a little bit, and so you got to see her kind of work through that. Where this year you see her push everything aside and just literally focus on the details in every day and all those little things. And so that, to me, has been really fun to be able to watch her grow in that capacity but when you take a back step and you look at this whole process i don't know if there's a better story
0: you think about her her history and her lineage with her dad playing here and Mm -hmm. kind of that 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 that, that's got to be really really cool for somebody to have that uh in their in their dna No question, no question. And that's
1: honestly, that's what we want to do here. That was one of the first things that we talked about was to recruit the state because when you get to come and you get to play for your state, especially when your parents did the same thing, right, and your Uh family's from here and, you know, all these people get to come and watch you. Your community still supports you when they get to come and see you live. That Oklahoma across your chest means a little bit more, and all of a sudden you play a little bit better. And I think that's where she is. She is the perfect story for
0: that. Can we? Uh, I, I want to talk about the new players, but I want to continue on the returning players for a bit. I mentioned Skylar Van. Um, Liz Scott is back for her 86th year mm-hmm. of eligibility. But what's even? <laughs> doesn't what's, feel what, like
1: that. I, I know,
0: I know, I know. I'm kidding. But it, it's it's been pretty cool. Speaking of players and the growth that they've made. You know, here was someone who came out as a a very highly recruited prospect and immediately battles an injury and then goes through a coaching change and I think ended up in a system to where, okay, you're going to get down there in the paint and you're going to be, you know, you're going to do some of the dirty work, but she's also showed she can score. Take me through the maturation of of Liz Scott and what you've seen from her.
1: Well, I've loved her evolution in terms of her leadership. She shows up every day. She's one of those players that you can really – speak truth, even when it's hard and she takes it and she, and she, she allows that to motivate her. She doesn't have the, Oh, nobody believes in us. So therefore I'm going to be an underdog. She doesn't have that. She has, I got to show up every day. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and that's a different kind of mindset, you know, and I think she has embraced the physicality she's embraced even being out of position. Um, she's embraced the little details of working on her footwork and, working on, you know, just making making layups in the off-season. That's – people like to come in the gym and kind of work on some fancy things. She's working on the blue-collar thing. You know, I mean, when she got in the gym at the end of the season last year, she, she's working on, yes, her versatility, and, yes, she wants to increase her range, and she's continued to be able to do that, and she can score the back to the basket or she can face. But she's not coming in, oh, I make five, and then I just rotate to the next spot because it's fun – She's embraced that whole, you know, what we call embrace the grind, right? She's embraced getting in there and she makes hundreds of shots every day. And when you can do that, uh, one, you're a great example, but two, your game, your confidence just grows. Confidence is action. You got to do some things to be able to really gain that. It doesn't just come and go. And so you can see her now really flourishing in that leadership role because she's just doing the work and you can see it just come out in the way that she walks onto that court.
0: Jenny Baranchek joins us talking some OU women's hoops here. Why not? Uh, they've got practice rolling, and we've got tickets, centersports.com slash tickets. You need to get the uh, announcement, many packages that are available, too. Uh, I was at an event a couple weeks ago, and Beatrice Colton was speaking at it. And I, I really I, – I love how you challenge your players, right? And I liked watching her grow as a freshman last year. But to see her develop away from the court, to hear her speak, to see some of her leadership traits – is, is this one of those players in a lot of ways, Coach, that this guy can be the limit for? She just really – she seems to have developed a little bit more of that voice during this off season.
1: I think you're exactly right. And, you know, Beatrice kind of came in, and she's a nice kid. She's from, you know, from the Midwest. She's got family from Oklahoma. You know, she's – and she's obviously, you know, does an incredible job in the classroom. And – came out and she's like, yep. You know, one of the first things that she said to me a year ago was, well, I didn't think you really wanted, you know, me to score because we have so many other options. And I kind of looked at her and I said, I want everybody to score. I'm like, do you not know me? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and so I think she kind of went through, okay, I'm coming in to kind of dip my toe in and kind of get this experience to, okay, you know, this is a bigger part of my life than maybe I even even gave it credit for. And I don't mean college basketball is more important than what she thought. I think that burning desire inside of her, I think really started to come out. And that has been amazing to be able to see what has led into the work that she did in the offseason. And then now where she's coming in in those games, she's, and now we're managing the, okay, I have to make every single shot. Oh, no, I didn't. And then kind of trying to manage through that. And I think, you know, and it's, and it's, yes, it's generational, but. I see it, you know, in my kids' games. I see it when I go out recruiting, and you know, you see it in probably every sport that you watch and you follow. Where that failure recovery is so essential, and and in for her, she's really become a great example of not having to fight that perfection because she does such a great job in the classroom. Because she does, you know, want to put herself out there a little bit more. And so, for me to watch her, I'm so excited about this season because this. To me, the, your biggest growth is always between your freshman and sophomore year. And you can see her projecting in the right direction.
0: You know, size is something that you wanted to add. Is that a fair assessment, Coach, whenever you got here? You want to get a little bit bigger in the post? Absolutely. Okay.
1: You want longer, you want faster, you want stronger. Yeah, I mean, we're not that picky. but. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, my question is with Beatrice, and I, I haven't like heard of uh, of the progression of some of the other returners in the post that seem to have a great future. But how do you feel like you've been able to build this roster to have those fives and those fours like you want?
1: Well, I think we're still. I mean, there's still a search, and across the board, there's you know the outliers are. There's a lot of size. Um, at some of, you know, especially as we head into the SEC conference and then even in the Big 12 conference, there are some, there are some great sides in, in the league. What I think we've been able to do is just inch toward that in terms of length overall. And so that's where, you know, we have a lot of those six ones type players that are longer and so we'll be a little bit taller across the board. Uh, we still need to do a better job on the, really that interior in terms of the physicality in terms of where we're at, because our size is young. And so, but the young, you know, when youth gets experience, it's amazing what happens in a couple of years. So we're playing this for the long game, Um, but we'll continue to get longer as time goes on too. Now, make no mistake, Navea Taht is one of the best point guards in our league. And she doesn't have a lot of size, right? Mm -hmm. But she's fast. Her experience has been great. Um, And so I think when you can put a combination of all of that, you start to put a little bit more pressure on the paint on both ends. You got to keep people out of the paint, and you got to score in the paint. And so that's where, um, you know, that that's what we've been really focusing on.
0: How I want to ask about two more players, and I got a football question for you. Uh, Peyton Verholst got a chance to talk to her a little bit last year. The Louisville transfer, it, it transferred in with about a semester, so she wasn't eligible, but was able to practice. So is is she a player that's got a chance to 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 be a part of the rotation this season?
1: Definitely. I mean, I think uh, you're you're gonna love everyone's gonna love Peyton. I think what Peyton does so well is she just reads the game and she plays the game and she's, you know, she's never about um, the glory. Essentially, you know, she's gonna be the one that she's gonna do some things and she's gonna set things up that. You know, most people will be like, wow, that was awesome. And and people that really understand the game are going to be like, wow, she thought two steps ahead of everybody else in that. And I think I I like her pace. I like the way that she's talking right now. She can score in a variety of ways. Uh, She's really deceiving on the defensive end in terms of her length. Um, But when you watch her play, when she's just in her element of playing, man, she's good. And she's going to really help us. Uh, get a lot of uh, depth not in terms of depth but scoring opportunities so she creates so much for other people whether she has the ball or not and so that will really help us in terms of our balance of scoring
0: and there seems to be a lot of excitement about this freshman Sahara Williams have you seen her handle that adjustment from high school to travel ball to boom right here with you
1: I love I love the way that she the experiences she's had especially with the USA Basketball Circuit and three on three and just the passion that she plays with and you know what what she she brings a physicality she brings an athleticism she brings um, you know she's going to continue to hone in on a lot of her skill set but those intangibles that she brings has already started to really elevate some of our practices. Um uh, and you never know when the game lights turn on. But man, when those game lights turned on when she was in three on three, I don't know if there was a more fun player to watch in terms <laughs> of just in just in terms of just her sheer competitiveness. Right. And sometimes that doesn't always get to come out in high school, right? Because there's a lot that's going on and in those situations. You you know, defensively I think she's really physical. You don't get to necessarily play that physical when you're in high school. So that adjustment is going to continue to happen. But there's there's definitely reason and validity to the excitement that we have for her. The other player playing this to, just to throw out here quick is, is Lexi Keys. Mm. I'm really excited about her. I love her grit. I love the way that she hustles. Um, she can shoot the ball. She just does what we ask her to do. She's just been an incredible addition for us.
0: That's awesome. All right, yeah, take me through. How'd you watch Saturday? What'd you think of the, of the OU-Texas game?
1: Uh, I mean, what on earth? My daughters keep imitating um, how I finished watching it because <laughs> I, I, the coach in me sat down because I was like, I got to sit down and just relax in the last drive. But, you know, I have a kindergartner who wanted to sit with me, and I was having a hard time because I'm like, okay, enjoy the moment of having her sit here. But I did accidentally throw her. Oh, no.
2: Yes, yes.
1: No, our house is very, very excited. So it was, I mean, just so awesome. I'm just so proud of of the way that they're just working. And it's exactly like, you know, Brent said after the game where he's like, okay, we're going to try to keep it positive. But the coach in you still sees all this potential in all these little details. But when you know that you've worked and you've prepared, I don't know if there's anything better, so I didn't even get to just be fan person <laughs> enjoy it. I you get too much into that coach mode, um, you know, and just and just really excited. I was, and I think you know it's been it's just been fun to watch Dylan lead his team, and um, it's been pretty cool.
0: I, I'm re- and I was really happy for Coach Levy too. I know you guys, yeah, you guys know his family. Just, yeah. I was so pumped for him.
1: Yeah, same. Yeah, our kids are pretty good friends, and so they got to see them on TV, and they were pretty pumped about it. And um, no, I just really excited for for him too Me because too. it's yeah, yep. It's not an easy job, but he's done an awesome job. So uh, proud so of everybody.
0: I keep. I, I know you got to go, but how's how's Jordy handled stardom? Has she been okay? Is she, <laughs> has she has her head got <laughs> too big? Or Jordy. she good?
1: You know, <laughs> it depends on the moment that you ask. You know. It's kind of like the public-private parenting, right? Mm-hmm. Like you parent a little different when you're in private than when you're in public. But she kind of plays that when she wants to, and then doesn't at other times, and she doesn't. So,
0: um, so yeah, she was- so
1: we're we're keeping her humble in that private parent house. <laughs>
0: All right, I just want to make sure because that's uh, she was she was the star of the NCAA tournament last year. All right, uh, coach, I'm sorry I kept you so long. It's just great no, to catch you guys, up with you're you. Awesome, Have, you're
1: awesome, appreciate it. Yeah, Have anytime. Great day. All right, we'll talk to you Boomer. soon.
0: remember sooner. See you, coach. That's Ginny Baranchek. Big fan. The Plank Show is of Ginny Baranchek. I I was bugging potizi I was like, we haven't talked to Ginny in a while. And then of course, I think most of you know, there's like the the I don't want to say double-edged sword kind of a thing, but for us, we're talking OU football, and OU just beat Texas. But we're also writing articles in Boy Street to preview the co- uh, the college basketball season. Look at me, Mark Dasher. Look at me, at OU photo guy. How are you, Josh? What's going on on this Tuesday morning? Ah, great to hear from Coach to start the day. We got to do a full three hour show today. What's up with that? Usually, we get two and a half on a on a Tuesday. These. These aggressions will not stand.
2: Easy week to do this, though. And good morning, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks to Coach Baranchak for joining us off the top. When we come back, man, you ever watch the South Park when Eric Cartman is licking the kid's tears and he's like, "Oh, the tears—they taste so good." I'm kind of feeling that right now, Josh. Maybe, maybe more so than I have in a long time. Let's get into that next, right here on the Home of Sooner fans. Stick around. I, I was having one of those panic moments during our conversation with Coach checked because I realized, ugh, I hadn't checked the roster in a little bit, and in college basketball and in college sports in general, you just never know. And I, I went, I went to pull up the team's roster. The website wasn't working. It was like, oh gosh. Oh, no. But because, right, there's a handful of players. The uh, Emma Svoboda, the Kelby Washingtons. I think, uh, is it, was it Kaylee Perkins? I think they're no longer with the team. I think they all transferred out. And there was this moment where I, when I was talking about size, I was like, can I ask about Emma Svoboda here? And I was like, oh, yeah, she transferred. Never mind. Panic. Panic set in, Josh Helmer. All right. So is this. I never expect anyone to be happy with losing. Never do. I don't want anyone to ever come in here and say, it's going to be fine when you lose, because that's not the case. But you can learn things from it. Obviously, losing in football is a much different world than losing a game in basketball and baseball and softball. There's know? different
2: degrees of right.
0: losing. Right, There's right. I don't ever expect anyone to be like, oh man, we just we just lost to a rival, but it was a great game. No. <laughs> right, yeah. That you don't typically get that response. But I was I I guess y'all warned me about this on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line last week, and I was more caught up in what? I was more caught up in Y'all, it's gonna be a completely different world if Oklahoma wins on Saturday against Texas it's going to be a people are going to start saying nice things about you but and that's been true and though it's been very true and it's been great to see I think you've started to see a lot of the doubters like the I mean I, I I've been bugging him to come I'm done trying to bug these college football insiders to come on but I was bugging it Ari Wasserman to come on whenever he was you know you're telling me you wouldn't take USC over Oklahoma I'm like well, I get what you're saying, but you can dog on Oklahoma all you want, but it's a really, really great place to come play football. And, and, yeah, you might not have the ocean views, and you might have not have all that shopping, but, by God, you're going into a place where you can make a lot of money in NIL. Oh, and, by the way, we really love football around here. Yeah. I, I mean, really love football. It's King. You're a rock star around here. But I, I – I've seen those who would spend a lot of time dumping all over Oklahoma start to realize, huh, all right. You know, Andy's been pretty consistent with his praise and belief in Brent Venables. It's really cool to see. But I – I got to be honest with you, Josh. The meltdown of Texas fans – I mean, I – Correct me if I'm wrong. Don't it was not I it was not fun around here. Who was it, Scott Tennerman? Was that who yeah, Scott Tennerman? He had to, he he licked Scott Tennerman's tears because what did Cartman do? He chopped up their family and fed it to him in Chili. I mean, it's just it's what every kid does for revenge. Got him. Got him. But I mean, in all in all seriousness, I think last year when Oklahoma lost, it was Dang it, we got problems. Is this, is, are we going in the right? Are we, we, it was we. Texas, it's more, oh, you're just, you're not all that good. And we, we played our B game, our C, well, actually it's a C minus game, I guess, that they played. <laughs> yeah. And everything is just, I mean, thankfully, thankfully no one has pointed out that since 2019, Oklahoma hasn't lost a game with David Alvarez with the referee. I'm sure that'll become something sooner or later. Oh! Well, when David Alvarez referees in Oklahoma game, they haven't lost. I started. This is my new thing I'm doing in 2023. I, when we go to the coin toss, and this, and by the way, I want to tell you, I learned it from Robert Allen. Robert Allen always had something on the referee or the the captain or or the uh, linesman or whomever, and he was like, "Ah, oh, this is uh, just for the this David Alvarez's crew. David Alvarez, the Hall of Famer, Arizona officiating Hall of Famer. His dad was a long time." Official, uh, they actually officiated a high school game together in 2007. David Alvarez said it was the thrill of his career. This is the first OU game that he's officiated with this crew this season. He's got a new he's got a new side judge, but it's the same crew from 2022 for David Alvarez and Josh Helmer. Oklahoma hasn't lost a game with David Alvarez as a referee since 2019. Here's the coin toss. All right. All right. So that I mean I, I What a report. Right? Isn't it amazing? Pretty good. I like it. But in all seriousness, back to the point, I, I keep waiting for that. Oh. And, and I, I'm going to tell you how deep I went on this David Alvarez thing. <laughs> the official. See if I still have my notebook. Um, there's no – the discrepancies are usually towards Oklahoma.
2: Was that true what you said about officiating with his dad and everything? Yeah,
0: 2007 they officiated together. And it was it's he, called, interesting. he called it the thrill of his life. His dad was a Hall of Fame. Um, I gotta find my note here on it, but it's pretty wild because in and Toby was pointing out, and I and I wasn't even aware of this. I always thought that there were specific Big Twelve officials, but it's more of a regional thing. How could you lose the one – oh, it's in my car. All right, I'll get it during the break. But it was to where I went as deep in something like that because I'm like, oh gosh, if Oklahoma wins, suddenly it's gonna be gonna become a story that they're. You know, ten and zero in the last ten games, and David Alvarez has been the head referee. But it wasn't as if Oklahoma had five penalties called on them, and the opposing team had ten. Right? I mean, this was Oklahoma. I mean, it was pretty even, like well officiated games. And I thought, I, I was thinking back on, on on Saturday. I do not agree. I do not agree. With the oh and, and I think it was an overturn. It was right? an overturn, yeah. Rule the was, fumble.
2: Ruled a fumble on the field. Did
0: not agree with that. I thought that was bad, but that's a replay official. But I thought for the most part, you know, there's a few holds that were missed, but we've we're used to that, right? OU you fans? Right? Sooner Nation. But I kind of I I kind of felt like it was a fairly well officiated game. So, number one, Texas fan. I don't think you can cry about the officials. Number two, we played our C game. Okay, well Oklahoma had something to do with that. I mean, even even if we want to go back and relive 49 to 0, we all have to stop and say, "Hey, kudos, man. They they beat the snot out of us." That's the reality of what happened. But Josh, I have just the crying, the whining, the complaining from Texas fans. Love y'all, but my goodness. This is it's been pretty much next-level lack of respect. I mean at some point you're like we got beat. I last year I had a big problem. I had a big problem last year because whenever people would say things like, well, Texas is more SEC ready than Oklahoma or you know Oklahoma's just going into the SEC and they're going to be in big trouble and blah 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 and all this and Texas is ready, I couldn't say anything. You just had to say I've got a belief in Brent Venables and I think that he is going to be Absolutely incredible here. In fact, I have such a belief in Brent Venables, my show, our show, our listeners. We don't get too caught up in the, oh, here's, you know, what a what a rat mule shoe was. It's just, I think Oklahoma is going to be in a better place. I think USC is in a better place. But I think Oklahoma long term, it's going to be fine. Right? And and I, if there is anything you guys want to fight with me about, you guys can call me every name in the book. Um, you can say you don't ever listen to this show and that's fine. But you know I was consistent in that, right? That's one thing that I told you like, I'm not gonna get too caught up in this because I think we're fine and BV is B- gonna be okay. almost to the point where I mean, there was it was like a Simpsons a Simpsons episode. There was people out with signs and pitchforks. like, you got to accept it's not headed in the right direction, right? So it sucked for me as somebody who was a believer because all I had was I just feel it in in this, this in recruiting and this this in recruiting, and this with Levy, and this with roof and I, I Todd Bates, I just believe it, track records right that weren't from here right outside of Venable's first tenure, but I was always met with a yeah dude, but forty nine zip forty nine zero and and I would have to stop and I'm like, you're right, you're absolutely right, and even at one point, I remember doing a show where uh, it was with Gabe, and he's like, "Bro, you can get mad all you want, but till we win that game, or until they show something, we're just gonna have to wear this." Texas fans is not are not wearing this. This is this has been almost as if it was a personal affront to a how dare a great team like Texas who beat Alabama lose to lowly Oklahoma. Wow, it took us making three major mistakes in order to lose to, and a horrible call on the goal line and a missed pass interference and how dare they call P.I. on that pass to Nick Anderson. It's just like all these things. And I'm like, okay. Did Oklahoma not uh, earn a couple of turnovers? I I just – I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen – a win disrespected more by a fan base than Oklahoma's win over Texas on Saturday. Josh is being disrespected by a Texas fan.
2: Yeah. Take
0: your L losers. Th- there's a couple of, couple of Texas
2: fans in the minority that kind of understood that Oklahoma played a really good game for the most part. Yeah. And that it was two good teams, you know, potentially great teams getting after it.
0: But yeah, by and large, a lot of, uh, coping, <laughs> yeah, a lot a of lot coping, coping out there. All right. When we um, we gotta take a break. When we come back, let's hit the early the early. I guess you could say t- text. I don't know why I had a hard time saying text and tweets. It got mingled together. Let's hit the early text of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Thanks to Jenny Baranchek for joining us. Are you guys feeling this same thing? Am I getting caught in my feels where I'm like respect my authority? And we're not getting that right now. We'll dive into it next right here on the ref.
3: Yeah, McCabe. Um, we're looking at best case scenario for him. Uh, he'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. And um, Andrell is going to have to have season-ending surgery.
2: What about Gentry? We saw him leave. Yeah, he's
0: but good. Okay. Yeah, practice today. In good shape as well? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. There was the bad news that Brent Venables delivered last night. Done for the season for Andrell Anthony. I I told you guys yesterday that didn't look good over there. Such a, such a buzzkill
2: because had been having a remarkable breakout season for himself. And, you know, you, you relocate to come to Oklahoma from Michigan, re- really to have the type of season that was having, Plank, where it looked like, and as he exits right now with injury, he's Oklahoma's leading receiver. So, I mean, it was tracking for him to be uh, Oklahoma's leading receiver or right there with Farouk, step for step, Right. right? And uh, obviously it's not going to continue because of the injury. So I'm sure he'll work diligently to get back healthy. But I just hate it for him individually. Me
0: too. Uh, We'll have more from Brent uh, 10 a.m. this morning. Right now, though, that Riverwind Casino jackpot line is lit up. I couldn't think of anyone better to talk on a Tuesday with than Sean. Good morning, Sean. What's going on, man?
3: Well, good morning, Chris, and I'm glad you made it back safely. Oh, I floated home from Dallas, man. I floated home. I, I, I did too. Uh, Saturday night, it was uh, it was a quickest drive as I've ever made. But while obeying the speed limit, in case anybody's absolutely, listening,
0: absolutely, absolutely, I obeyed the speed limit the whole way. Yes,
3: I think you bring up a great point or conundrum, Ooh, I like and that. I'm with you on it. But I, 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 let me see if I can explain it. I have found in my 54 years the most amazing thing to me is that people, and this isn't just for UT fans. By the way, when McConaughey is your voice of reason, uh, do some soul searching. (laughs) But but I have found that people that watch sports don't necessarily follow sports. Like, I mean, I've got a brother-in-law that, will ask me what time, who we're playing this week sometimes. And I'm like, I've known that since last year. How do you not know that? But people, it is it is strange. It is, it, from, but from the Texas perspective, to go to your point, I get it. Because the narrative that's been put out there for almost a whole year, every 247 article was led with a picture of Sark or Ewers or, Manning or whatever. And so the perception and the narrative becomes the reality, and you're stunned by an outcome that you just can't perceive having happened because you don't follow sports. I mean, Chris, Oklahoma, and you know this, has dominated the recent history of this series. And it's like that was just, it's like 23 years, was just washed away because we had one down year and U T went eight and five and got beat in a bowl game, but they were back. And it's the most amazing I I gotta credit my friend who had the great line, you know, Oklahoma's not back. We never left. Yeah. And but I mean Pat McAfee didn't I guess? Didn't realize it wasn't a Texas home game, and was stunned by the amount of Oklahoma fans there. How is that possible? Do the people that cover college football nationally not watch the sport? Now I get, I get a high school kid, or even a college kid, who isn't from this part of the country, that maybe that didn't watch it every year. Yeah, you know, I get mm-hmm. that, and I right. get not knowing some of the history. But for the people that cover the sport to be so ignorant of the sport they're covering is just amazing to me, and I think that narrative filtered out to Horn fan.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, by the way, I think – and I love Pat, but I think he also had a smooth comment to where he he did admit he's never been and has been a part of it, but he kept referring to the suitors what instead of crimson, he kept saying the burgundy And you're like, "Um, yeah,
3: yeah, Yeah, well, well, and I and I've got one and to follow up because I want I want you to explain it to me. I keep hearing from Oklahoma fans. I've heard this for three years, and I don't understand what it means. I really don't. Okay, I do not understand the quote unquote SEC ready. Now, if you want to come at that from a city of Norman or a business angle I get you and I can get on board with that and I can have a conversation about that knowing what that entails economically and all that stuff but from an athletics program and a university I don't have any clue what people are talking about when they say that <laughs> I have none and I'm not kidding about that I don't know what that means what does that mean so here's
0: here's what I think Sean and I think Toby's talked about this a lot I I I think there is this theory that every single SEC program has like gold-plated facilities and, you know, every, it, and there's some really good facilities in the SEC. One of my best friends was in town a couple weeks ago and he goes to SEC games and goes to Notre Dame games. And my old boss, who is an Arkansas fan that's traveled the SEC, when they came to our football stadium, the response was, holy smokes, man, this place is awesome. And I think... You'll realize this the more we go on the road, is that Oklahoma's fine. Now, uh, I think SEC ready can be drilled down to two things, Josh, and you tell me if you agree or not. Number one, are you Georgia or Alabama ready in football? And I think that's where that comes from. Oklahoma's SEC ready. But are you Georgia, Alabama, heck, maybe even LSU ready, is how I think a lot of people see it. It, That's my opinion. The only other thing I would
2: add is – can you get bigger, stronger up front, defensive larger tackle? humans? Yep, and that sure you can. That that would be. Uh, I think what people say when they say, "Hey, when are we going to get SEC ready?" It's when are you going to get more defensive tackles that go. I think that, that resemble right, yeah. what uh, you typically see on a week in, week out basis in the SEC.
3: Okay, well then you go out and recruit that and you develop that. I get that, but this this and I and I agree with what Chris and what Toby has alluded to too. It's not again. That's a perception that doesn't equate to reality and you've also got a group of people some maybe at the k ref who think life be- who think history began the day they came out of the birth canal <laughs> which is not true um i mean you know kenneth murray is not on the o- is a great guy he's not on ou's defensive mount rushmore right but i mean there was history before you were alive there will be history after you have gone and but the I, And I get what Josh is saying about the, the development of maybe defensive players. Okay, then you go out and recruit those. It's kind, of, kind of one of the reasons you're going into the SEC is you want to play against the best athletes and you want to get, you know, the resources that go with that to keep getting kids and developing them. But this whole deal of, of ready, I, it is just the most mind-boggling. Oklahoma, Toby echoes this too, and I know you do, Chris, and you do, Josh. Oklahoma – has been winning football games, going on a hundred years or more, and winning them at a high level and close knit. We can complain about it, but as a, as a out there to everyone else, Oklahoma stands second to no one, and it just it it tells me you don't really believe what you're trying to sell as a fan. Sometimes you have a a grasp of Oklahoma that isn't reality. But anyway. Hmm. All right. I I I think that is the Texas deal. I think it was just a year of being told something that's just simply not true. But anyway, hey, thanks for the time, man. I appreciate There's it. Thanks, Cole.
0: Appreciate it, Sean. Hey, let's. Uh, I think he's right. You hear one thing over and over and over, and then suddenly you get smoked. It's like a beat. But that's not what we were told. That's not what we were told. There's another thing that's angered me. I'm getting all my anger out here this hour. We'll do it next on the ref. I don't know where to find. I've been googling like googling like crazy. We always hear about that term game control in college football, right? They controlled the game whenever the four-team playoff committee is together. The college football playoff committee is together. They always talk about, well, the, their game control was impressive in XYZ game, which leads me to something else that has triggered me to know end, Josh Elmer. Since when did the – well, you know, it took a last-second drive to beat them. Since when did that become a narrative? Oklahoma controlled that game. The fact that Texas had even put them in a position where it took a one-minute drive is the story. And this idea that because Oklahoma won on a last-second drive is somehow indicative of, well, they got a break. Uh, it's, yeah, we'll see. It took a—, a, a No! You watch the game— I mean I'm starting to wonder if I watched a different game than everyone else did, Josh. I'm starting to wonder if while I was sitting there on the sidelines in the Cotton Bowl, if I watched a different game than everyone else did at home. We
2: must have if I, if if you can come away from that and feel like well, Texas controlled the game, then we yeah, we watched something Well, totally it took never. it
0: took a final second drive to beat them. What? All right, back with the Brent next.